I happen to be one of those guys that does my best proofreading of emails after I already hit send, and I guess the same thing is true when I listen back to some of my podcasts and episodes I did, like the first one on creatine. Not that I think I said anything wrong, but there were certainly some things I should have said up front that are important. And one is that I don't take care of kids, so I'm not a pediatrician and I'm an internal medicine doctor. And so when I talk about things like supplements, I really am only speaking of them in terms of adults. The other thing is that when I talk about supplements or medications, in my mind, there's only four options that exist. It's either bad for your health, it's either good for your health, it's neutral for your health, or it's a mix of being good for some things and bad for other aspects of your health. So that last category where there's some good and some bad defines nearly every single medication that I prescribe. And I assume with supplements, there's always going to be a little bit of negative with the positive and sometimes more negative than there is positive. And with creatine, I suppose any of the four can happen. I talked about in the last episode where there are people that are neutral, meaning there's some people that take it and they just don't respond to creatine. Now, I think there's probably a few reasons for that. Probably there is a genetic component. I think then there's other people who may have a lot of creatine in their diet. They're very heavy meat eaters, so taking an extra supplement of creatine really isn't going to change things for them. And then I think there's a lot of people who are just not on the right diet and exercise plan where taking something like creatine is going to have an impact one way or the other. If you're one of those women or men that goes to the gym and pushes just a little bit of weight around and does a machine maybe two or three times at most and then expects big improvements in strength and muscle mass and endurance and speed, it's really not going to work for you. Meaning, you know, if you have a leg day, for instance, the only way to really know that you had a good leg day is that you should be wincing a bit when you try and sit on the toilet the next day. It should hurt a little bit. And with that being said, something like creatine seems to help with recovery. It also helps to improve the heavy training loads that people partake in in gyms. And of course, the reason that athletes take it or people that participate in gym activities or even non-gym exercises is that it seems to improve exercise performance. And when it comes to creatine, one of the reasons it is so popular and used among so many athletes is that professional sports associations like the NCAA, you know, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, or the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, they allow athletes to use creatine. And one of the things when it comes to serious side effects, so I'm not talking about abdominal bloating or diarrhea that... There are a number of people that take creatine and report those things, but when it comes to serious side effects like kidney failure, liver failure, are there going to be people that take creatine that develop those conditions? Well, there has to be, right? Because there's millions of people that take creatine. And so if you have millions of people that aren't on creatine, of course there's case reports of kidney failure and liver failure because I see that almost every day in my career. And I think you would be practicing very poor medicine to blame, for instance, liver failure on creatine, even if somebody is taking it. Meaning, 
you still have to look for the other reasons why that liver is failing. Do they have a viral hepatitis? Do they drink a lot of alcohol? Did they take other drugs or supplements that are causing the liver to be diseased? And yes, there are people that take creatine and a ton of other supplements or prescription drugs that potentially can harm the liver, just as there are people that take creatine that are going to get autoimmune liver disease, okay? So we can go down the list of the things that we worry about with creatine, but the question is, has science proved that creatine is harmful to the liver or the kidneys? And I think the answer, at least in 2019, is we're not seeing a big harmful effect on those organs. Now, I will say that with some caution, meaning that I don't think there's been huge studies to prove that it's either beneficial or harmful to the liver and kidneys. And certainly if you have those disease processes already in place, I would not add anything to the body without being sure it's not harmful. The other thing that I think is very important for something like kidney disease is that creatine can be a false indicator of renal dysfunction. So what I mean by that, and I've seen this several times, and I think it really matters how much creatine the person is taking and also your lab equipment. But what happens is some people take very high dosages of creatine, let's say 10 to 20 grams a day, and then they get their creatinine checked. And since creatine supplementation may increase creatinine levels temporarily, meaning if you do a washout period, so before I get my labs checked, I get them at least once a year, usually twice a year. But when I check my BMP, either at my doctor's office or on my own, what I do is I stop all creatine products about three or four days before I get my blood tested. Otherwise, there can be confusion because you'll see a higher creatinine level when you take creatine, at least again in some people and in some lab conditions. So I like a little washout period, but I have seen people admitted to the hospital for things that shouldn't be causing renal failure at all, right? Like a cellulitis or something. And I look at them and I know they're an athlete and I ask them if they're taking creatine as a supplementation. They say yes, and I realize that the creatine was causing the creatinine elevation and therefore a false indicator of renal dysfunction. Their kidneys are working fine, but the test we use, which is creatinine, was too elevated. And other people are just freaking out, like my residents or other attendings saying, oh my God, they're in acute renal failure, let's call nephrology. I'm like, just watch it each day. And then in three days, they have a creatinine level 0.8 and you did nothing. All you did was hold the substance that was causing a false positive. If you're not sure if it was the creatine, there are other renal function markers other than CM creatinine that can check creatinine clearance. Now, that can be important, particularly if you're using something like antibiotics or other drugs where you want to adjust to the renal function. Meaning that in the case of something like an infection, you don't want to use too low a dose of antibiotics. You want to use the dose of antibiotics that's right to treat that infection. And if there's a false positive indicating there's kidney failure that doesn't actually exist, you're going to be using too low of a dose of antibiotics. So for that reason, if you do take creatine for any reason, please stop it before you have any lab tests. Or if you do have lab tests and people are concerned about your kidneys, 
let them know that you're using creatine and you heard it can cause a false positive because not all doctors realize that. And then the other thing is if it's planned to get a basic metabolic panel or some kind of kidney check, just wash out, meaning don't take any creatine for the few days leading up to that test. So moving on from that point, within the muscle, in your skeletal muscle, there's thick myosin filaments and there's thin actin filaments. And the sliding of this thin filament along the thick filament is powered by ATP. And this ATP, this adenosine triphosphate, is a basic form of energy for your muscle cells. And this ATP must be reproduced to match energy demands. And once your ATP runs out, you're out of energy. So that's why you can only sprint at a full speed for so long. That's why you can only lift heavy weight for so long. And then you're out of ATP, among other factors that keep you from doing it for a long time. But ATP is a big factor. And that's where creatine supplements come into place because phosphocreatine is used to produce new ATP during high-intensity exercise. So at a very basic level, when you're doing heavy anaerobic exercise, if you're able to improve your ATP resynthesis with something like creatine, then you're going to be able to do more. So that's things at a very basic level, and I'm going to get a little bit more into the benefits and other issues with creatine in the next episode, where I should be able to finish off this series on creatine. I'll catch you on the next round. This is Dr. Gil Perrot.